wanted to continue in the vein of Thanksgiving today, and I've been again so moved by the worship today and the message from the Lord already, but as you can see in the bulletin, the title for the message is uh, the password to God's promise and his presence is thanksgiving. And, and, and we've sang that and you've heard it all through that, that no matter what's going on in our lives, we need to be thankful to God. And when we are giving him our praise and our thanksgiving, then we're going to experience his presence and his promises. It's guaranteed. And it's going to happen. And I've had people come up today, Pastor, uh, will you pray for this? And I've got a text from Debbie Little uh, just a minute ago. Pastor, and I don't remember who it was. I think it was her mom, but don't quote me on that. But it was going to the emergency room with heart attack symptoms. Uh, I, I get, you know, divorce, uh, text and talk to twice today on divorce already. And, and these are just things that are before me. And I know you're going through things today. And I want to challenge you to give thanks to the Lord. I want to challenge you to give thanks to God in all things that you do. And whether they're good times or bad times, that, that, that thankfulness is the password to the presence of God. When I go into the presence of God and I'm moping around and complaining and griping and, and, and telling God how bad things are, how bad he is, all that, do you think that I'm going to experience a presence? Uh, when people come to me and complain and, and bicker and moan, I usually tune them out after a little bit. But when people come to me and give uh, praise and honor and glory and thanks to God and, and, and are doing the best they can in the situation, I want to do everything to help them. Been approached today, a, a family needs a car and, and they need this and they need that. But, but are they in the presence and the position with God? Are they where they need to be? They need to be given thanks to God no matter what's going on in their life. And when they do, they'll experience the presence. They'll experience the power. They'll experience God. And that's what we're celebrating this time of year is Thanksgiving. And as I'd already told you two weeks ago, Thanksgiving is the expression of gratitude to God. But we like to think that, 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 that it's everything but God. I'll give thanks if everything's going okay, or I'll give thanks if I get this job, or I'll give thanks for these things. But, but ultimately, Thanksgiving is the time to give gratitude and thankfulness to God. This Thursday, we're meeting as families and friends and neighbors to give thanks to God and express gratitude to God for all that's going on in our life, no matter what it is. That's what Thanksgiving is. And we need to get our minds around that, that Thanksgiving is important, and it's not just for Thursday. 
And I want to challenge you Thursday when you're at your family dinners. I always loved it when dad did family dinners because he would get up and he would give thanks to God. And that's why we were meeting and tell stories and say a poem, you know, his poems. And he would give thanks to God because that's what Thanksgiving is. But guys, we need to get that way every day. Every morning when we wake up and we draw a breath of air, we can give thanks that we woke up because we all have something to be thankful for. We can give thanks that, that my wife's still beside me and still putting up with me every morning. I can give thanks that I've got something to eat, but there's always something that, that we can be thankful for God for, and we need to give thanks in all things. And to be honest with you, as we go through this today, we need to learn to give thanks when things aren't going good. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to go through this because it's caused me to pray more. Thank you, God, for allowing me to go through this because it's opened my eyes up that I'm not focused on you like I should be. It may be whatever thing we need to, however it works, we need to be giving thanks to God on a regular basis. Because thanksgiving is the password to the presence and the promises and the power of God. I'm moving around now because we're not online. Because the, we changed the program and we had several changed, which I see a light on. We may be now, but, but we've changed the program and, and, and Amy had a situation come up. She couldn't be here. And our backup had a situation come up and they couldn't be here. And so I find out we can't go live, but we still give thanks. We give thanks to God for teaching me that I need to train more people. We give thanks for God because the show still goes on. And this isn't a show. But we give thanks because it takes us into the power, the presence, the position of God. That's what Thanksgiving is, and we need to be about that every day. So again, the, the title of the message is the password to God's presence and promises and power is Thanksgiving. And we're going to read out of Psalms 100 today. And I want to give you guys a chance to get there. I'll be reading out ESV, but the first point I'm going to make is from the message translation. But, but Psalms 100, 1 through 5 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Did you get that? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Did you get that? You get in his presence by singing and giving thanks. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who, who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And really, 
that, that scripture tells it all up. If you're in here today and you have no reason to give thanks, know that the Lord is God. Know it. Worship him. Thanks, thank him. Verse 4 said, enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's where I'm getting the password. To enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. We got a lot to be thankful for today. As we think about that today, I want you to think about things that may be weighing on you today, worries, anxieties, whatever it may be that's weighing on you today. You may be going through these horrific times. And I, if you're thinking about those right now, I want you to just begin to give thanks to the Lord. And so, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And, Father, we do thank you for your presence in this room today. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we thank you that you are God and that you made us. Father, we are thankful that you're your people. Father, we are thankful that you're our shepherd. Father, that you give us the things and you satisfy all our needs. Father, we give you thanks in all things today. Father, we give you thanks for sending your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we give you thanks for your love. Father, we give you thanks for your salvation that, that saves us when we didn't deserve it. That you demonstrated your love for us that when we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. We thank you for your son. We thank you for salvation. Father, we thank you that you are sovereign, that you are in control when this world seems like it's out of control. Father, we thank you for our government. We thank you for our president. We thank you for Joe Biden. We thank you for all those in office, Lord. Father, we thank you for your sovereignty that you're in control. Father, we thank you for your healing. Father, we thank you for your deliverance. And Father, we thank you for eternal life that, Father, we live forever. Father, that, that we will never die, those that believe that we will live on forever with you. And we give you glory, honor, and praise. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. When we were singing that last praise song, and I'm thinking about all these prayer requests that, that are before us, the things that are going on in the church and in my life, and and be honest with you, I wasn't feeling it yet. But we sang that last song, and we thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. Boy, I just moved into his presence. And that's proof again of God's word. That when we give thanks, we'll experience his presence, his promises, and his power. And I want to challenge you guys in that today. So again, point one, and we're just going to keep hammering this. 
The password to the presence of, and promises of God is thanksgiving. They are thanksgiving. The Bible, from the message, says it this clear. Enter with the password. In other words, the message, and that's actually the TPT version, reads the same way. The password to the presence is thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. And that's from the message, Psalms 100. That's why this jumped out at me this week. The password to his presence is thanksgiving. Even in intense times, Christ was tempted in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. He remained thankful to God. He remained thankful under the first temptation and responded to Satan. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. When Jesus was tempted the second time, he he said, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to a test. And then the third time, he said, be gone, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then the miracle, again, when we continue to stay steadfast in the Lord and and his promises and begin to thank him, then we're going to receive and be in his presence. In Matthew 4, 11, it says, and the angels came and attended him. Did you get that today? And the angels came and attended him. You need a touch of God in your life. In your situations, remain faithful to his word and thanksgiving. And the angels will come and attend you as well. As we look through Jesus' life, we see time and time again that Jesus gave thanks and experienced God's power, presence, and promises. In feeding the 5,000 Jews, and again, you can multiply that out because they were just counting men. Jesus gave thanks and blessed the food. And the scripture goes on to say, and they were all, let me back up, they all ate and were satisfied. When we give thanks, again, there was not enough food to go around. There wasn't enough to feed the 5,000. But Jesus gave thanks, broke the bread, and they all ate, all of them, and were satisfied. Soon after that, the next chapter in Matthew, Jesus feeds the 4,000 Gentile men. And again, you can multiply that out with women and children to probably 14 or 15,000. And Jesus came up with a few, or they came to him with a few things, but Jesus, when he had given thanks, they ate and they too were satisfied. You see, we had a problem, a big problem, and he gave thanks and he was satisfied. They were all satisfied. So the password to the presence is thanksgiving. The password to the promises of God are thanksgiving. The password to the power of God is thanksgiving, and we need to be doing it all year round, not just on this Thursday. When his best friend Lazarus died, 
You know, Jesus didn't rush there immediately. He was upset. Took him a couple days, three or four days. Jesus gets there. And when his dead friend, you know, was laying there dead in the tomb, Jesus lifted his eyes to the Father and he said, I thank you that you have heard me. And he said, come out. Is that Larry over there? Larry, would you quiet down? I'm just kidding you. Larry sounds like that when he comes in the office sometimes. You know, and, and Larry, if you're giving, if that's thanks to God today, you're having trouble, buddy. It's not going to work. Uh, no, there's times when I cry when I'm thanking God and talking to God. I'm just hassling them because it's fun. Uh, I've already got on to Larry this week. I went by his house and Jojo was out putting up lights already. And I think I said, Lord, I called Larry or texted him and said, Larry, get your wife in order. All this is going to do is get my wife on my case to get the lights up. And Larry told me some other things I won't repeat. And I said, it sounds like we need to have an intervention. And, but I drove by on the way home and Larry's sitting out in the lawn chair watching her put up the lights. And I thought, praise the Lord, that's the way it needs to be. Yeah. So when we give thanks, yeah, my wife's like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> It's not going to happen, right? I know. So what you did, Larry, I told you, we got to work on this, brother. So, but we need to give thanks that our wife wants lights up, right? To God. And so he can intervene and a good neighbor will come put my lights up, right? But we're talking about death here. Lazarus had been dead four days and Jesus lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And he said, come out of there, Lazarus. Bam. Got to give thanks. Do you guys realize Jesus went on to say, and I didn't have this in the notes, but if you read, Jesus went on to say, God, I didn't say that for you. I said that for the people. Because the people need to realize the power of God and the, and the, the presence of God in their lives to do great things. And we get there by being thankful. And worshiping him every day. We get at Jesus' death. And even at his own death. Jesus took a cup. That represented his blood on the cross. And he gave thanks that he would die. How many of you can give thanks if you knew you were dying tomorrow? How many of you could still worship God the same way. As if I was giving you a million dollars. Or you were dying the next day. But Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. Then he took the bread that represented his body that would be tortured, ripped apart, all these things, and he gave thanks for that. But on top of that, the thing that was the most important that I think was that knowing all these things, he gave thanks by throwing this dinner for his brother's in Christ and his family in Christ. See, God intervened there. Do you see that? Actually, his dad, but anyhow. But are you getting it today? How did we worship God today? How did we give him thanks already today? 
Point two, we must learn to give thanks in everything. I spoke this a couple of weeks ago, but like Jesus, the ultimate source of thanksgiving should come from what God has revealed about himself and his word and in his person of Jesus Christ. That's what we need to be focusing on. And when we focus on those things, everything else is going to come out. It's going to be fine. Focus on thanking God for the things of God. Again, his love, his salvation, his sovereignty, his eternal life. We can go on and on and on. But the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 to give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So no matter what we're going through, we're to give thanks to God in all circumstances. So good or bad, find a way to give God thanks in the things you're going through. That's how you're going to enter the promises, the presence, and the power of God. The Bible even says give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying in all circumstances in 1 Thessalonians, in Ephesians 5.20, in everything. You don't get to pick and choose in everything. And then over in Philippians 4.6, he breaks it down a little more. Do not worry or be anxious about anything. No matter, we got that up there, yeah. No matter what happens, tell God about everything. Ask and pray and give thanks to him. Did you get that today? Don't worry about anything. No matter what happens in your life, don't worry or be anxious about it. Tell God about everything. And ask and pray and give thanks to him. So what do we worry about? Paul tells us four responses. We will not worry. We will not be anxious. We're not going to get mad. We're not going to quit or run away. Two, we're going to tell God we're going to pray. Three, we're going to ask in that prayer for God to intervene. And then we're going to give him thanks. We're going to thank him. We're going to worship him. And we're not going to give in to these things. Some things I can worry about. I shared a lot today. But we can worry about the elections, the state of our country, the ethnic divide, the COVID. I, I tell you, I think the government is itching close things down and this is putting mega pressure on our churches it's putting mega pressure on our schools it's putting pressure on our businesses it's putting pressure on everything but can we give thanks to God through these things can we not worry can we tell God what's going on, talk to God through prayer, and ask him to intervene and then thank him for intervening however he does it? One more specific to the church is I was received a letter from the bishop this week that he's required all Methodist churches to close down as of last Wednesday 
for the next two months. He's feeling the pressure. It's hard not to get mad at him. It's hard not to get anxious. But seeing the pressure that he's under and the things he's under, I don't need to get mad. I don't need to get upset. I don't need to get angry. I need to give God praise, glory, and honor. Take it to him. Pray to him. And again, thank him. And we're going to experience his power, his presence. That's put pressure on us as a church because we're meeting today. The pastor staff is meeting after church for a short meeting to make sure that we do what God's called us to do. And honoring the bishop, honoring the, what God's called us to do. And we ask that you're prayerful about these things. To be honest with you, if some of you want to come in, that's fine. But we're going to start out with prayer and thanksgiving. But regardless of what goes on in our lives, we must be intentional about giving thanksgiving to God in all things. No matter what goes on, we must be intentional about staying connected to God, staying connected to the church, staying connected to what God's called us to be in our time, our tithe, and our talent. I'm not going to pressure you on whether you're inside, outside, or online. You have not felt any pressure from me or the church, whether you're inside today, outside the doors listening, or online listening. But you will, <laughs> you will hear it from me if you're not doing one of those. We need to be intentional about staying focused on giving thanksgiving to God, intentional about our relationship with God above everything. I don't care how bad it is. Well, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Be intentional in your relationship with the Lord and God will bring you through. I've got a crazy again and, and I've been remodeling uh, Amy's house and I decided and got brave and took on the bathroom. Ah. You got to be intentional in a bathroom. Believe me. And I was working last night, the plumber got in and that plumber is the best plumber in the world. I think everybody ought to hire him and I'm not going to plug him, but he's the best plumber I know about. Hey, Todd. Todd's just my friend, you know. But when he got done, I thought, you know, I'm going to blow off some steam. been working on the, blow off some steam. I've been working on the sermon. No, <laughs> but, but I thought I would clear my head up a little bit. I'm going up there, and I got, you can see the, where, the, where the commode sets, four-inch hole. And you can see another one up there, two-inch hole, where the tub will set. 
And then there'll be another hole you can't see where the uh, water line comes up in. And then you got the walls, and then you're in a house that's built in 1897. There's no wall that's straight. And, and the floor, I think I got level. And so you got to make sure the floor's level, and you got to make the cuts, and you got to make all these cutouts. You've got to be intentional. Or you're going to miss the mark. And I praise God when I was done every whole fit, and it fit in there perfectly the first time. But I measured, I studied, I put effort and was very intentional. And the Lord spoke to me, that's the way we got to be in our relationship with him. We go at it haphazardly. You know, uh, I said last couple weeks ago that we blame COVID so we don't have to do things. but, But maybe some of our numbers are down today just because we'd rather do other things. It's not deer season. And I'm not saying them things are bad, but we've got to be intentional about worship. And that's what I tell those that if they can't be inside, that that you need to be intentional about being ready to go at 10 o'clock. That's why it bugged me today that we couldn't go at 10. It, It really bugged me. Because we've got to be intentional about staying connected. But it's that way in our prayer life. It's that way in all that we do. But but most importantly, I think we're lacking in thanksgiving. Because if we weren't, we'd all be a lot happier than we are. Point three, stay connected as a church, always giving thanks to God. Because God promises life. We see that in Psalms 103. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. It is he, it is we, and we are his. We are the people and the sheep of his pasture. Ezekiel 37, and I'm not going to get into that whole passage today. I may preach it the next weeks down the road. But Ezekiel 37 talks about and, and dry bones, meaning the dead coming to life. And you all know the story that, that Elijah came up on all these dry bones. And, and he had this vision, this prophecy. And I've heard great, lots of wonderful, powerful messages over this. But Ezekiel was prophesying about the move of the Holy Spirit in the last days. And, and this move of the Holy Spirit that would change the world. And guys, that that last days took place the minute Christ raised from the dead. And since then, we've seen moves of the Holy Spirit that started in Acts chapter 2. Whenever Paul or Peter was describing the, the power and the move of the Holy Spirit that was going on in their community, in their lives. But again, it was going on because they'd been in the upper room praising and thanking God and seeking God. And they experienced the power, the promises, and the presence of the Lord by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Christianity was started, the Christianity, the church as we know it, was started and based on the move and the operation of the Holy Spirit that came through thanksgiving, <coughs> that came through the Lord. 
Do you guys realize that we need the Holy Spirit in our life? That we need these great moves and power of the Holy Spirit? Hebrews eleven three tells us that God spoke everything into existence and the Holy Spirit went into his, and did his thing. Man, that's a supernatural move of the Spirit. Then Jesus, the Son of God, was born of a virgin in Matthew 1, 18 through 25, was resurrected from the dead, and we read about in 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Was that not a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit? Well, we already established that Jesus got there because he was thankful. Thankful in all things. I already went through you all uh, with that. He was thankful and he received the power and the promises and the, and the presence of God in all that he did. And because of that, we can be born again today, John 3, 6 tells us about, actually 6 through 8. We can be a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that Jim talked about last week. Do you guys realize that we went to Oakland Carthage last night, or last week, Ambar was preaching and he preached the exact same thing that Jim did. Exactly. To the point where I'd been off and I wondered if them two got together. They were talking about the identity in Christ and used the Second Corinthians 5.17 scripture. Our identity has to be in Christ. And when it is, we'll experience the power, the presence, and the promises of God. But we have, a we have a chance now, a choice that we too can operate in this supernatural, powerful move of God. And then we see the Bible is divinely inspired by holy men of God as the Spirit enabled them. And what, I've been trying, what I'm trying to tell you today is the church should be operating in expecting the supernatural all the time. We should be expecting moves of God in our services, and I get it all the time. Father, or Pastor, I want to see a revival. Well, I think that revival comes from not complaining, but being thankful. Giving thanksgiving to God. And guys, to be quite honest with you, if we're not operating in the supernatural, powerful move of God, and we're not experiencing a powerful move of God, we're just a social club. And I'm afraid a lot of churches have moved into that position. But Ezekiel, as I was talking about, prophesied about three, three great moves of the Holy Spirit that would be going on in churches in the last day, or, or three, three great things that would be happening. One was the resurrection of souls from the death of sin to the life of righteousness. In other words, people will be getting saved. It hit me in a devotion I read this last week that, that Jesus healed before he went to the cross. Jesus delivered. You guys realize that, that the woman bleeding, the blind man, the feeding of the 5,000, all these great things happened before he went to the cross. Never thought about that. But it took the cross, Jesus shedding his blood, to have power over sin and death. That's why he went to the cross. Then it hit me that that most important thing is that we're saved from sin, salvation, 
That's why Jesus came. That's the most important thing we got to be thankful for today. God's love, his salvation. Man, that's that's the most ultimate thing. And guess what? Healing and deliverance and all these other things are the benefits. We We should expect somebody to be healed at these altars. We should expect people to get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. We should expect people to be raised from the dead. We should expect anything that Jesus did to be happening in our church services today. Why? Because Jesus said in John 10, 14, 12, that I'm going to be with the Father and you'll do more in my name. So he's not telling us to stop. He's telling us to continue on. So there's going to be salvations. There's going to be a move of the Holy Ghost. Next week, three or four people are going to be baptized here at Oakton. And this, this that have been saved and, and, and set free in these services. But I've been so excited about the door knocking that we're doing the third week of each month. Man, we're knocking on doors and people are getting saved. People are getting set free. October, I can remember a lady that rededicated her life to Christ. And then she showed up to 6 o'clock church service that night. Can you believe the audacity of that lady? Man, she rededicated her life and got so excited she came to church, the 6 o'clock service at Carthage that night. She came up for prayer at the end and said, pray for my sons. Guess what? She came back the next week and one of her sons got saved. We should expect a supernatural move of God in our body. We should expect God to heal and to set people free. This last month in November, I guess it was last Sunday, Man, I could tell you story after story, the philosopher that that you had to deal with for 20 minutes or so, arguing with everything that she said in the group that they said, but they want her to come back. What about the door we went to and the lady knocked, they would knock on the door and she holds up a sign, quarantine. So through the door, we talked to them to find out that they had no food, the husband was gone. They were out of all these things and they didn't have a way to go to the grocery store. We got a lot to be thankful for today. This is here in this area. Didn't know how she was going to get food. And was praising and thanking God that somebody came and knocked on her door. Well, a couple of people in the church went out and bought the needs that she had and took them back to her. And she's been watching online. We should expect the supernatural. We should expect a move of God in our lives. The second thing that he prophesied about was the resurrection of the church from an afflicted state to the liberty and peace. Think about the church of God in the Old Testament, what they went through. The people of God, the the. the Israel and Judah and all the crud that they went through. But because of the blood of Jesus, they could be a church now that was no longer afflicted, but walked in liberty and walked in peace. God has given us liberty. God has given us peace. 
God has given us freedom from affliction. That's the believers. He's given it to us. It's for the unbelievers, but we got to tell them about it. Again, Christ liberated the church from sin, the power of sin, and the Jewish law. As I said earlier, most denominations were established because of this great supernatural move of the Holy Spirit, especially John Wesley. I bought a book the other day, and I'm reading it, of all these early churches. I'm talking Calvinism, Luther, all these experienced a move of the Holy Ghost, supernatural moves. It's even said that Wesley prayed and people were raised from the dead. The founder of the Methodist Church. Great moves of the Holy Ghost took place because the resurrection took away the afflection and gave us liberty and peace so that we could meet today and experience supernatural moves of God. We must stay connected because we need a move of the Holy Spirit and we got work to do. We cannot allow Satan to disconnect us from God, from our churches, and from our callings. The third thing that we see in that scripture that Elijah or Ezekiel was prophesying about was the resurrection of the body at the great day, especially the bodies of believers to eternal life. Guys, again, we're going to live forever. I praise God for the resurrection because I'll be reunited not only with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Ghost and all of it for all eternity, but I'll be reunited with my grandparents, my mother-in-law. I thought of Earl Dumb and ones that have gone before us. We need to focus on a move of the Holy Spirit in the last days. I'm going to have the Gabby uh, tune up that video, and I'll tell you when to play it here in a second. But this is the altar call today. Praise Team Joel, if uh, we still need you to follow in behind this, would you do that? And you guys might ought to come on up. But, but I want you to listen to the words of this song. I want you to listen to the words of this song. And I want you to come to these altars today. And I want you to remember that the password to the presence of God is thanksgiving. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise, thanking him, worshiping him. Psalms 104 says, Are you feeling defeated or dead today in any way? I want you to shake it off. And I want you to come to these altars and begin to worship him. And to thank him. And to glorify him. If you're not saved today, I want you to come to these altars. And Jim will be up here and Suzanne and I want you to pray with them. Shake off that life of sin and move into that life of righteousness. But do you need just some refreshing and renewing in the Holy Spirit because this world has run you rough and ragged? I want you to come to these altars and give thanks to him.
Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, as I look across this room, Lord, I know that people can be heavy laden and that we need a touch on our lives. Lord, I've heard five or ten requests already today. And Father, we've learned from your word today that the password to your presence is thanksgiving. And we know it comes from salvation. I'm not taking away from salvation or baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we need to give you thanksgiving in all things. And Father, I ask that we begin to thank you and to begin to worship you in all things. These altars are open. Come and give these thanks to the Lord today.